Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Welcome into the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Sky Guasco, joined more often than not by my longtime brother, Daniel Sancato. On this episode, we'll be recapping the weekend and giving our notes on the ballers and stallers. If you have a fantasy football question or comment for our listener mailbag, please reach out to us via email at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at thecandlestickkids, hashtag TCKpod. We have a great episode for you today, so without any further ado, let's talk ball. What's up, TCK Potters? Sky here. Week two in the books, looking ahead to week three. We've got a lot to cover, so let's jump right into it. Jerry Rice, Andre Reed, Chris Carter. I smoke all these fools. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. Well, I'm the best corner of the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Yo, weak ass. Get your weak ass off the field. Get your weak ass off the field. He could go all the way. Because I'm a winner. I'll always be a winner. And you'll always be a loser. This week's Stallers and Ballers will start Thursday night in Cincinnati. The Ravens come into town to play the Bengals. The Bengals get the win. Ballers for Baltimore, John Brown, 19.2 fantasy points, four catches, 92 yards, a touchdown on 10 
targets. He is easily the number one receiver right now in Baltimore. He's also getting targeted in the red zone, which you like to see. Buck Allen got the goal line touch after Collins failed to convert his opportunity. So a little bit worrisome on Collins. We'll get to him in a second. But Buck Allen got it done on the goal line and is getting a lot of pass work out of the backfield. Keep an eye on that. Tucker remains Baltimore's best player, um, smashing 50-yard field goals and keeping the Ravens close, but they do fall short. On the Bengals' side, the ballers, Andy Dalton, had an unbelievable first half, four touchdowns in the first half, three to A.J. Green right off the bat, but he did slow down late in the game. A.J. Green had almost 30 fantasy points on only five catches, but he did get his three touchdowns. When A.J. Green and Dalton are feeling it, they are absolutely on fire, but they did kind of shut it down in the second half for some reason. I wish they would just let these guys go and try and set records, but they got all their work done in the first half. Tyler Boyd had a surprise appearance, 21.1 fantasy points, and six catches, 91 yards, a touchdown, and nine targets. So more targets than A.J. Green and got it done. On the Stallers side, Alex Collins, as I mentioned, just 12 fantasy points, which isn't terrible, but definitely not your RB1 or 2 that you're looking for. Nine carries, 35 yards, three catches, and 55 yards, which is nice out of the backfield on the big play. Um, but he only had one more touch than Buck Allen. As I said, Buck Allen getting a lot more of that work. And it looks like Collins is on a short leash, although Collins looks really, really good in the backfield. They just need to get him more work. Michael Crabtree, 10.6 fantasy points, five catches, 56 yards on 10 targets. John Brown, again, as I mentioned, um, same amount of targets, but targeted further down the field, definitely getting the goal line looks. Um, when Trab when Crabtree uh, fails to get that touchdown, he can be kind of on the low end. So keep an eye on that with John Brown. Go scoop him off waivers if you're able to. And the Ravens defense, I think, was started uh, a bunch against this uh, Cincinnati defense, and they came up with negative two fantasy points, no turnovers, and 34 points allowed. Stallers on the Cincinnati side, Joe Mixon. Um, this had a lot to do with just a, a hiccup in his knee. Um, he had just 9.7 fantasy points, 21 carries, which is a workhorse load for sure and would have had much more. But 21 carries for 84 yards and a catch. But he missed chunks of the game with a knee issue. Um, I will be doing the news and notes episode as well tomorrow um, as Daniel will be away from the podcast this week. So I'll have more on this in tomorrow's episode. Gio Bernard stepped in uh, decently for Joe Mixon, but just didn't really put up much in, in the time frame. But definitely look at Joe um, moving forward if you need to trade for him on a very low price tag. I don't think Mixon's going to miss more than three or four weeks. Uh, but Gio is definitely a nice uh, spot fill here, especially in PPR leagues. John Ross, just one catch for eight yards. We've seen him explode with big plays, but here's here's the catch with him. Um, he needs to get the volume, which he's just not going to get in that offense with behind Tyler Eifert and Boyd and uh, A.J. Green. So be careful with John Ross. Better maybe in DFS leagues or best ball. Tyler Eifert, just two catches for 23 yards. He was targeted in the red in the uh, end zone, rather, um, but he failed to come up with the catch and uh, really is, is a boomer bust tight end right now with the touchdowns. Joe Flacco uh, looked pretty pretty rough in this game. I uh, just wanted to add, um, I'll get more into the news and notes again, but again, Lamar Miller, or I'm sorry, Lamar Miller, Lamar Jackson, um, stash him if you can. I'm telling you, I've been repping it all offseason, and I think they're just going to let Flacco go as long as he possibly can, but I don't see him putting in these performances much longer without getting Lamar Jackson in. So pick up Lamar Jackson now while you can. 
Moving on to Atlanta. Going down to the Dirty South, they're hosting division rivals, Carolina Panthers. We'll start with the ballers on the Carolina side. McCaffrey crushing it through the air, 27.9 fantasy points, just eight carries for 37 yards, but 14 catches, 102 yards on 15 targets out of the backfield. He's a PPR monster at the running back position. Cam Newton bounced back nicely with 27.6 fantasy points, 32 of 45 for 335 and three touchdowns and a pick. He also added 42 yards on the ground. If Cam can get up in that 300-yard range and get his touchdowns, he'll be a monster. But again, like we saw last week when I believe he only had 160-plus yards, you got to be careful with Cam Newton, but he got it done this week. Jarius Wright, Torrey Smith, and rookie DJ Moore caught a touchdown. And it was Moore's first NFL touchdown, but they didn't have a ton of yardage. So keep an eye on the on the receivers there. But DJ Moore um, just had the one catch, but he he got it done for for his touchdown. Funchess seven catches, seventy seven yards, nine targets seems to still be the top target there. On the Atlanta side, Matt Ryan thirty point seven fantasy points, two seventy two, two touchdowns, a pick, and two rushing scores. So not the biggest. Uh, tagline through the air but he did have two rushing scores which isn't really his mo but he got it done and um they atlanta gutted this one out it was good to see them bounce back from last week's performance against philadelphia austin hooper sighting 16.9 fantasy points five catches 56 yards a touchdown on five targets it was good to see him getting in the mix also calvin ridley 16.7 fantasy points, four catches, 64 yards, a touchdown on five targets. He also got his first NFL touchdown. Tevin Coleman sitting in for Devonta Freeman, 16.5 fantasy points, 16 carries, a buck seven, four catches for 18 yards. Keep an eye on Tevin Coleman moving forward. Looks like Devonta Freeman will be missing a handful of action. Again, stay tuned for tomorrow's episode when I'll be getting more on these injury reports and uh, running back committees. Um, during the news and notes episode moving into the stallers section for this game carolina cj anderson just three touches for 31 yards um so far i've fallen on my face here with my bold prediction and uh really toting cj anderson in the off season we'll see it's it's obviously just two games in to the season but um not looking good so far uh christian mccaffrey is an absolute workhorse and he's getting all of the touches in the backfield so without an injury to him looks like cj anderson will be taking a back seat which I'm surprised on. I thought he'd have more of a Jonathan Stewart role, but looks like they're using McCaffrey first and foremost. Tight end Ian Thomas only had two catches for 10 yards on three targets. I put him in here. May still be kind of a rare name for folks, but those of you that had Greg Olson probably picked him up thinking that he would slot in to be that Greg Olson now that uh, Olson is out. Um, But uh, he had just those two catches for 10 yards. So stay easy on Ian Thomas. Carolina's defense, negative two points, just one pick and 31 points against. Atlanta Stallers, Julio Jones, for what you want in Julio, um, his five catches for 64 yards on nine targets just wasn't enough. And, of course, he's a beast. Uh, You know, you aren't doing anything but starting him every single week. I just wanted to note that he didn't have one of his big games. And this is kind of what we expect from Julio Jones. Um, Last week he had 19 targets. This week he had nine. It's all game script dependent. And uh, Julio's going to have his blow-up games, but he's also going to have some duds here and there. And just a quick note, Sanu, only had two catches, so I would be looking at Ridley over Sanu if you have both options as a second receiver in Atlanta. Moving into the Los Angeles Chargers at the Buffalo Bills game. This one was another ugly one, although the Bills 
did get a touchdown on the board this week. Starting with the, the ballers on the Chargers side, Melvin Gordon didn't even play most of the fourth quarter and absolutely crushed. 30.6 fantasy points, nine carries, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Very modest. However, through the air, six catches, 38 yards, and two more touchdowns. And again, he did leave the game with about 12 minutes left in the fourth quarter and did not return. More on that tomorrow. Phillip Rivers, 22.7 fantasy points, 256 and three touchdowns. Looking nice and crisp for Phillip. Not a huge yardage day, but he did get his three touchdowns in. Eckler looks great. He will be stepping in for Gordon if Gordon is to miss any uh, time, which I don't think he will, but if he does, and whether he does or not, I think Eckler is a great um, second running back there in uh, Los Angeles. 14 touches overall for a combined 93 yards. And Mike Williams got his first NFL touchdown. Love Mike Williams. Trade low for Mike Williams if you can for now, or uh, go pick him up off waivers if he's still out there. Um, Anything happens to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams – will be an absolute monster, guaranteed. On the Buffalo side, not much to talk about once again, but I had to get throw a bone to Josh Allen. Only 13 fantasy points, 245 yards, a touchdown and two picks, but he also picked another 32 yards up on the ground, and I just wanted to uh, make a mention here that he is uh, he got his first NFL start, looked okay. Um, that, that Los Angeles defense is looking pretty nasty, so I expect better things from Josh Allen, and their offense in general is horrible. So I don't expect many things from him in a fantasy uh, landscape this year at all. But just to keep him on your radar in general, if you need a spot fill in two QB leagues or super flex, depending on the matchup later in the season. So Josh Allen is now officially the Buffalo starting quarterback, although, again, not super sexy. The Stallers, uh, Keenan Allen, um, 12.7. Fantasy points, six catches, 67 yards on eight targets. Again, not terrible, but not wide receiver one numbers, just like Julio Jones. And on the Buffalo side, Shady McCoy, 13 touches for 68 yards. Um, He has a cracked rib cartilage uh, following a hit on Sunday. He did play through it a little bit, and he says he's going to be fine. But we'll have more on that on Wednesday to see how he's uh, actually feeling if he's going to get in to the next game versus a devastating defense in Minnesota. They will break him in half if he's injured, so we'll see what happens there. The rest of the Buffalo offense and defense was pretty horrendous, so I would stay away from that. Moving into New Orleans, where the Browns should have won this game as well, even against the Saints. This game was much closer than anybody in New Orleans thought it was ever going to be, and the Browns should have won this game in New Orleans, but New Orleans comes away with the W. Gordon strained his hamstring on a non-football related incident. Um, Josh Gordon, that is, uh, recently. And there was trade talks that he was going to look at possibly the 49ers, Cowboys, Seahawks, or the Cardinals. And they were going to ship him to the NFC. But as you probably have heard by now, he was traded to the New England Patriots. More on that in the news and notes. Antonio Callaway was a standout and a baller for Cleveland, stepping in for Josh Gordon, 17.4 fantasy points, just three catches, but for 81 yards and a touchdown. He is now the top target in Cleveland, along with Landry. Um, but Callaway's getting those deeper bombs where Landry's still that kind of middle of the field uh, option for Terod Taylor for now. Carlos Hyde, 12 fantasy points, 16 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Not a huge day, but I wanted to mention again, he is still the bell cow. Hyde has 38 of the 50 carries in Cleveland through the first two weeks. And it looks like Duke Johnson's role is 
slimming. Um, so keep an eye on that if you have Duke Johnson in those PPR leagues. On the New Orleans side, nothing new here. Michael Thomas is an absolute machine, best receiver in the game right now in straight-up NFL football and fantasy-wise, 30.9 fantasy points, 12 catches, just 89 yards, but he got two touchdowns on 13 targets. Dude's a machine. Alvin Kamara continued as well, 13 – or excuse me, 17.9 fantasy points, 13 carries, 50, uh, 46 yards, plus another six catches for 53 yards and a two-point conversion. And Drew Brees – doing what he does, 243 for two touchdowns. Not a huge number, but he's staying consistent. On the Cleveland side for the Stallers, Terod Taylor, 246, a touchdown and a pick, uh, just another 26 yards on the ground. Again, they had many, many options in the Dome to win this game, and they came up short. Landry, five catches, 69 yards on seven targets. He had a knee injury to monitor, um, so we'll see if he's able to play uh, on Thursday leading up to the New York Jets game. I will cover more of that in tomorrow's episode. David Njoku, four catches, 20 yards, seven targets. Not much going on there for the tight end, although we've seen his potential, so not much to worry about uh, with David Njoku. If you've got him, you're starting him. There's not many options at the tight end position. And Zane Gonzalez, the kicker who I mentioned last week who missed the overtime kick against Pittsburgh to leave it as a tie, missed two field goals and two extra points once again and had a chance to win the game for the Browns, but he did not. The Browns cut. Zane Gonzalez after the game on the New Orleans side, Ted Ginn, just four catches for 55 yards. We've seen Ginn do this last week. He had a long touchdown, but if he doesn't get that long touchdown, usually it's pretty pedestrian numbers. And just another note, Mike Gillisley, eight touches, 18 yards. He's an absolute non-factor as of now. Heading into Lambeau field. This was a super exciting game. Uh, went down to the wire. Rogers played the entire game hobbling on one leg. Uh, went back and forth the entire game. It was an excellent one to watch. So make sure to check in on the highlights of this one. Minnesota should have basically wiped uh, Green Bay out of this game, but with Rodgers, they're never out of it, and they stuck around at home. Um, Dalvin Cook uh, strained a hamstring in his day-to-day. I'll cover that tomorrow. Um, and this game did end in a tie, if you haven't heard yet. So there's two weeks in a row that a game has ended in a tie. The ballers on the Minnesota side first, Stephon Diggs, once again, the entire offense from Minnesota is cruising. Diggs, 35.9 fantasy points, nine catches, 128, two touchdowns, 13 targets. Thielen as well, 31.1, 12 catches, 131 through the air, a touchdown on 13 targets. Both Diggs and Thielen getting 13 targets, which means Cousin has to be balling. He was Cousins, 33.5 fantasy points, 35 for 48. So pretty efficient with the high numbers, 425, four touchdowns and just one pick. Um, Kyle Rudolph, seven catches, 72 yards. The offense for the Minnesota Vikings was crushing. The running backs, who I'll get to in a second, didn't do much, but the aerial assault with Thielen, Diggs, and Rudolph and Cousins was crushing that Green Bay secondary. The Vikings also signed Dan Bailey after their kicker, Carson, missed three field goals, including a potential game winner in overtime. So along with the other duds and the Stallers, um, on the Minnesota side, we had Dalvin Cook, as I mentioned, 10 carries, 38 yards, and he had 52 yards on uh, through the air, excuse me, <clears throat> before leaving in overtime with that hamstring cramp. We will get to more of that in tomorrow's news and notes. 
And Murray had just four carries for 19 yards. I mentioned Carlson's blunders in the kicking game. For Green Bay, <clears throat> the ballers, Devontae Adams, 20.4 fantasy points, eight catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown on 12 targets. He could have had two more touchdowns. He dropped one of them, and another one was overturned uh, that it had hit the ground. But Rodgers looks for him all the time in the end zone. Devontae Adams will be just fine. Jimmy Graham had a great game, 15.5 fantasy points, six catches, 95 yards, eight targets, and he had a touchdown called back on a holding penalty, so it could have been a much bigger game. Geronimo Allison continues to flourish. Six catches, 64 yards on six targets. So 100% efficiency from Rodgers to Geronimo Allison. Keep an eye on that. I would argue he's the number two receiver already for Green Bay. Mason Crosby, five of six on field goals, but he did miss a 52-yard game winner at the end of regulation, resulting in the tie. A couple stallers for Green Bay. Rodgers, only 16 points. Uh, not super surprising here. He's playing Minnesota's great defense, and he he basically is on a leg and a half here. So I just wanted to mention that he wasn't the Rodgers we're all used to in this game. Uh, 30 of 42, so not as efficient as usual, and just 281 yards in the touchdown. He did have two touchdowns nullified on penalties, both to Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham, as I mentioned. So this could have very easily been a uh, much bigger game for Rodgers, but nonetheless, it was not. Jamal Williams, 16 carries, 59 yards, and three catches and 12 yards through the air. Fire up Aaron Jones this first week back in week three. may not be huge because they got to get him back in the flow of things, but I see Aaron Jones taking over for Jamal Williams by week four, five, six pretty quickly. And last but not least, Randall Cobb, just four catches for 30 yards. <clears throat> Moving into Tennessee, the Texans – Coming to Tennessee to face the division rivals, the Titans, and the Titans get the win at home. But on the Houston side, huge games for the offense. Will Fuller playing in his first game, 25.3 fantasy points, eight catches, 113, and a touchdown on nine targets through the air. DeAndre Hopkins also 23 fantasy points, six catches, 110, a touchdown on 11 targets. And Deshaun Watson, 22.8 fantasy points, 22 of 32, 3, 10, two touchdowns, and an interception plus 44 yards on the ground. The passing aerial assault was on fire, as we saw most of last year when Watson was in there. So keep an eye on this. These guys are on fire when they're playing well. And that uh, defense um, is definitely susceptible to the pass for Tennessee. They're really solid against the run, but they can get beat deep. So keep an eye on that with your matchups moving forward. Kind of the lone ranger on the baller's side was Taewon Taylor for Tennessee with 12.2 fantasy points, three catches, 32 yards, a touchdown on four targets. Not a huge number, but nobody on Tennessee really did well, but somehow they did get the W here. For Houston, the Stallers, Lamar Miller, just nine fantasy points, 14 carries, 68 yards. Keep an eye on his efficiency. Again, hard to run on Tennessee. Uh, but he didn't get much look in the passing game, which he usually does. So keep an eye on Lamar Miller. If you're able to sell him uh, sell him low for for uh, maybe um, an Aaron Jones plus, uh, do that. Don't just get rid of Aaron uh, Lamar Miller because he does have value as a starting running back workhorse, but his numbers aren't aren't super flashy. So if you can trade him in for somebody else, maybe uh, maybe look to do that. Maybe Geo and Aaron Jones or something like that. I think would be would be great. On the Tennessee side. <clears throat> Corey Davis had just five catches for 55 yards on seven targets. 
Blaine Gabbert got the start for Marcus Mariota. 13 for 21, 17 through the air and a touchdown. Yikes. He had just 5.8 yards per attempt. Horrible. Both running backs didn't do much in this game. Derrick Henry, 18 catches for 56 yards. Deion Lewis, 14. I'm sorry, 18 carries for 56 yards. Deion Lewis, 14 carries for 42 yards. Neither one were used much in the passing game. So they both got some work and good load, but not much efficiency versus that Houston defensive line. And a note here, the Tennessee Titans, um, tight ends didn't do anything. Thought somebody would step up in Delaney Walker's absence now that he's out for the year, but John o. Smith wasn't even targeted and nobody else stepped up. So keep an eye on that Tennessee tight end spot. Now Marcus likes the tight end a little bit more, so when he gets back it might be different, but something to note there. Heading into Washington where the Colts – Come and play the Redskins. The Colts get a win on the road. And T.Y. Hilton stays on fire. 21.3 fantasy points, 7 catches, 83 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. Definitely getting a heavy work work share there with Andrew Luck. Eric Ebron stays hot in the red zone. Just 3 catches for 26 yards, but he does get his touchdown. For Washington, just a lone baller, Chris Thompson crushing it 23.3 fantasy points listen to this stat line four carries for one yard but 13 catches for 92 yards on 14 targets unbelievable basically a receiver just like Christian McCaffrey playing the running back position on the cold side for the stallers we had quite a few this is kind of a rough game all around Andrew Luck, 11.4 fantasy points, 21 for 31, 179, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Jordan Wilkins, just 10 carries for 61 yards. Naheem Hines had four touches for 71, uh, four carries for seven yards, and he did get a touchdown, but he had just one catch for negative one yard. Marlon Mack played in his first game of the season. 10 carries, 34 yards, but he did lead the team in touches in the first half, but Wilkins took over in the second half, and Hines was also mixed in as well with a touchdown. Grant was a big pickup last week, but didn't do much this week. Two catches, 30 yards, and Doyle just two catches for 20 yards on five targets, so keep an eye on that. Adam Vinatieri, I had to put him in here because a lot of people play him as their kicker, and he had just three extra points, so not many field goal opportunities for Adam Vinatieri here. On the Washington side, the Stallers, Al Smith, pedestrian day, just 292, no touchdowns. Now, he doesn't throw picks either, but just 292 with no touchdowns. Jordan Reed, 6 for 55, so not a terrible day. Definitely a nice day as a tight end. I mean, that's 11 and a half points. However, he did have a fumble costly fumble adrian peterson slowed way down from last week 11 carries 20 yards three catches and 30 yards so i hope you sold high last week on adrian peterson jamison crowder not much to be said here as well and a bunch of the uh pretty much the entire receiving core for the redskins didn't have much to say this game this day but jamison crowder who's kind of the main target here for fantasy options just two catches eight yards on four targets this game was kind of the uh, one of the two games of the week this week in real nfl but also uh, for fantasy and it is kansas city at pittsburgh kansas city rolls into pittsburgh 
and gets the W. I was surprised here. I thought Pittsburgh would throw a little more mustard at him um, or ketchup rather, uh, but they did not. Um, so Pittsburgh starts the season 0-1 and 1 with the tie last week in Cleveland. For the Kansas City side, you've heard by now, Patrick Mahomes is the real deal. Um, I'll let Curly talk more about him on Thursday, but Pat, Patrick Mahomes is legit. 38.6 fantasy points, 23 for 28, so very efficient. 326 and six touchdowns. Six touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes set an NFL record this weekend with 10 touchdowns in his first two games of a season. He had four last week, six this week. Kid is legit. Great call for Daniel uh, riding his coattails in the offseason and Curly as well. I, I wasn't hating on Mahomes, but definitely had him as kind of a pump-the-brakes candidate. But uh, so far, I have been wrong. Mahomes is crushing it. So everybody eats in a Mahomes offense. Kelsey, 29.9 fantasy points, seven catches, 109, two touchdowns on 10 targets. We didn't see him at all last week, but he came in heavy this week. Tyreek Hill, 20 fantasy points. Five catches, 90 yards, and a touchdown. Sammy Watkins came alive as well. 19 fantasy points, six catches, 100 yards, and he had one rush for 31 yards as well. So they're trying to move their guys around all over the place. And Kareem Hunt also came back to life with 18 carries, a nice workload there, 75 yards, and he had a catch for five yards for a touchdown. So everybody in Kansas City contributing this week. On the Pittsburgh side, they had a great day on offense as well. Big Ben, big day, 39 yards, 39 fantasy points. He had 39 for 60, so kind of terribly inefficient, but he had 452 through the air and three touchdowns. He also had two carries for nine yards and another touchdown he ran in, which was great, a nice diving uh, score at the end of the game there to pull within a touchdown late, um, and he also rushed in for a two-point conversion. Juju Smith-Schuster um, outshined Antonio Brown significantly in this game. 31.1 fantasy points, 13 catches, 121, a touchdown on 19 targets. AB had 17 targets, but Juju also had 19 targets. Jesse James, tight end, had a huge game, 24.8 fantasy points, five catches, 138 through the air, and a long touchdown. James Washington also got his first NFL touchdown. So a handful of these rookies getting their first NFL touchdown this year or this week, excuse me. On the Kansas City side, just a few stallers for Kansas City and Pittsburgh, but it was uh, Butker who only had six extra points. Now that's not his fault. He, he can only kick when they allow him to kick and he made all of his kicks, but I know that he started for a lot of people in this high scoring game, but when you just have six extra points, it's only six points versus even just two field goals would equal that. So Butker was kind of a staller there. And the Kansas City defense, yikes. I don't think anyone's starting them because they they quickly have a reputation of being horrendous. But if you are, get them out of your lineup. Negative seven points, just one sack and 35 points against, which is great for Mahomes, but terrible for that defense. On the Pittsburgh side, I had to put A.B., my dude, A.B., had to go in the Stallers category. He had 15.7 fantasy points, which isn't horrible. He had nine catches, 67 yards on 60 – or, excuse me, nine catches on 67 yards for 17 targets. But he was battling through most of the second half with a strained calf and certainly dissatisfied with the coaching. Uh, you can see highlights all over Twitter and Instagram, I'm sure, of him bickering at the coaches, which is nothing new with A.B. He's certainly a, a bit of a drama queen. Um, and, and, uh, you know, 
believes that he's the best in the game, which arguably he is. But uh, I don't think this is going to have any any lasting result. But um, do have to mention that he did have kind of a strained calf in the second half there. So I'll be getting to more of that on Wednesday's episode. Pick up James Washington, though, if he's sitting on your waivers. I think if anything were to happen to A.B. with any injury or anything like that, James Washington would be immediate pickup. James Conner uh, had a really solid game, but not not uh, what he did last week. 19.5 fantasy points, 8 carries, 17 yards, and a touchdown, plus 5 catches, 48 yards through the air, and a 2-point conversion. He did get a touchdown, but not much else there from James Conner. Still an everyday start, uh, especially with Lev out, but um, not really the uh, the monstrous game that he had last week. And Boswell missed two field goals and had just two extra points. So I wouldn't be starting Boswell very often because Pittsburgh likes to go for two pretty often, and uh, they generally just don't they – go, they go for a fourth down as well. So there's not many opportunities for Boswell to get too many kicks. Miami heads to the New York Jets. Miami gets the win here. Kenyon Drake had a solid game, 17 fantasy points, 11 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown, plus four catches and 17 yards through the air. Albert Wilson, kind of my uh, my my diamond in the rough sleeper who who was still yet to super shine, but, but I think he will by the end of the year, 13.5 fantasy points, three catches, 37 yards, but he did get a touchdown for the Jets. Some ballers, Bilal Powell, 19 fantasy points, five carries for six yards, but he had five catches for 74 yards and a touchdown. We've seen so many um, of these running backs this week not get much on the ground, but get a ton out of the backfield. So keep an eye on those pass catching backs um, moving forward in the NFL. I think it's a trend that is catching fire and going to stick in PPR leagues, especially Quincy Anunua. Um, is no doubt about it the number one receiver in New York right now. He had 16.2 fantasy points, seven catches, 92 yards on 11 targets. Darnold loves him. He's reliable, and um, I would I would be looking to uh, trade if you need Quincy uh, a receiver for Quincy Anunua. And I think he doesn't have much of a name yet still, so you could probably get away with getting him a little bit low. So go out and try to do that. If he's somehow on your waiver wire, which he should not be, if he is, go scoop him immediately. If you could trade Robbie Anderson for Anunwa straight across, I would even do that. Sam Darnold, not a huge game, but I had to throw him a bone. He had 300 yards, 334 yards, a touchdown and two picks, so he is definitely coming around. And Terrell Pryor, nice to see him back in the stat sheet. Four catches, 84 yards on eight targets. Keep an eye on him. So Quincy Anunwa and Terrell Pryor ahead of Robbie Anderson right now in the pecking order for the Jets. On the Staller side, um, Ryan Tannehill. Just, you know, 17.1 fantasy points, which isn't horrible, but just 168 through the air and two touchdowns. So he did get two touchdowns, no picks. It wasn't a horrible game, but 168 is not going to do it. Kenny Stills, two catches, 17 yards on three targets. He had a monstrous game last week, came back to earth now. I think Kenny Stills is very easily a boom or bust candidate. So keep an eye on him and be careful with starting Kenny Stills. And Frank Gore, got to throw him a bone as well. Just nine carries for 25 yards, but he moved into fourth place all time on the rushing yards list, passing Hall of Famer Curtis Martin. So Frank on his way to Canton, Ohio as well eventually. Um, Not doing much these days, but he's definitely collecting stats and running up those boards. So congratulations to the legend, former 49er, Frank Gore. 
couple more stallers for the Jets. Isaiah Crowell, 5.6 fantasy points, 12 carries, 35 yards. We knew this was going to come back to earth. He had a monstrous game last week with a long 60-yard touchdown. He had two touchdowns last week um, on Monday night. But, again, we just knew that he was not going to be a workhorse and he was not going to break off those big runs all the time. So be careful with Isaiah Crowell as well. He's got a Thursday night matchup against the Browns, who, believe it or not, have a pretty stout um, front line there uh, against the run. So be careful with Isaiah Crowell. And Robbie Anderson, I've already mentioned, he's got passed up very quickly early on here. Looks like he and Josh McCown last year had something special going on, um, but it looks like uh, Sam Donald is not exactly feeling it. So uh, Quincy Anunua and Terrell Pryor are both ahead of Robbie Anderson. Robbie Anderson just 3.7 fantasy points, three catches, 27 yards on five targets, and he did have a costly fumble, which could have led Sam Darnold to go another direction. So be real careful with Robbie Anderson. If you can get anything for him right now, I would trade him off in a package because it's not looking good. Philadelphia heads into Tampa Bay. Philly uh, looks good through the air. Um, Aguilar had 23 fantasy points. He had eight catches, 88 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. Definitely the number one receiver. We'll see what happens when Alshon Jeffrey comes back probably this week. But um, right now, Nelson Aguilar is definitely the number one receiver for the Eagles. Zach Ertz had a beastly game, and it could have been bigger. 20.4 fantasy points, 11 catches, 94 yards on 13 targets. 13 targets as a tight end is monstrous. It's a monstrous number. Ertz is the man. I've been repping him all uh, offseason, saying that he could potentially be the number one over Gronk and Kelsey to end the season. We'll see what happens there. But Gronk or uh, Ertz rather is uh, is a beast, and when they feed him, um, looks like Wentz will be coming back next week as well. I'll get into more of that on tomorrow's episode. But uh, they want to get Foles out of there <laughs> as soon as possible. But Ertz is feeling it. He had a uh, long play called back as well, so it could have been even bigger. And Clement had 19.5 fantasy points, six carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown, and another 55 through the air on five catches. Um, he got more work with Ajayi uh, leaving uh, in the end of the first half and Sproles inactive for this game. So keep an eye on Clement moving forward if both of those running backs have any ailments that keep them out, and stay tuned for tomorrow's episode for news and notes on that. On the Tampa Bay side, nothing new here. Ho-hum, Fitzmagic, another 30 fantasy points, 27 for 33. Also very, very efficient, just like Mahomes. 402 yards, four touchdowns, and a pick. Fitz is chucking it and balling out. If you haven't seen this picture on social media yet of him swagging out at the press conference, do that, please. It's, it's one of the best things you'll see in the NFL this season. Deshaun Jackson getting away with injuries, coming back getting a wonderful game, 22.9 fantasy points, four catches, 129, and a touchdown, a long touchdown on the first drive of the game for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Fitz and Deshaun are definitely feeling that long game. Evans also feeling good, 22.3 fantasy points, 10 catches, 83 yards, a touchdown on 12 targets. So also getting it done. And O.J. Howard had a huge touchdown, 18.6 fantasy points, three catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown. O.J. Howard is turning the page here, at least with Fitzpatrick. We'll see what happens if Jameis comes back anytime soon in the starting lineup. And Godwin also got his 
five catches, 56 yards, a touchdown, and six targets. On the Philly side, a couple of stallers. Nick Foles, as I mentioned, had a decent day through the air, 334 yards, but just one touchdown and a fumble. Like I mentioned, Wentz should be coming back this week. More on that tomorrow, but Wentz comes back into this offense, they should be rolling. And Jay Ajayi, seven carries, 23 yards, and a touchdown, but he did leave, like I said, in the first half uh, with back problems and did not. Uh, but he did return, excuse me, um, but he didn't He didn't really do much throughout the entire game. So keep an eye on that. He says he'll be fine. We'll see what his status is against the Colts in week three. Mike Wallace had a fibula fracture out for a few weeks at least. We'll see what happens with him moving forward. And kicker, Jake Elliott missed a field goal and had only three extra points. I throw the kickers in here on the good or bad because it does matter in leagues with kickers. And if they only have, say, a couple extra points because they don't kick any field goals and they miss a field goal and you get a negative point, that could be a really devastating day. So just in, just a heads up there. And on Tampa Bay, the only stallers was basically the running game and Cameron Bright. The running backs, Jacquez Rogers and Peyton Barber, combined for 21 touches for 35 yards on the ground. And four catches for 30 yards on nine targets through the air. So look for them to fire up Ronald Jones because they're not going to have any other option here pretty soon. And Cameron Brait, no catches for the second straight game. They paid him a ton of money to block maybe. We'll see what happens here if Jameis comes back because he loves Cameron Brait, but Fitz, not so much. So Tampa Bay gets the W, maybe the the upset of the week against Philadelphia here. Tampa Bay starts the season 2-0. and oh. The Lions travel into San Francisco, and the Niners get the win. Lions are 0-2. The Lions, uh, Matt Stafford had a decent day, um, 347 through the air and three touchdowns. Kenny Galladay had six catches, 89 yards, a touchdown on nine targets. Golden Tate remains a target monster with seven catches, 109 and 13 targets. He had a big play late to pad the stats and Marvin Jones four for 54, a touchdown on nine targets. He's doing really well. He just hasn't been able to connect on those deep bombs from Stafford yet. But once those start to connect, Marvin will be great. So the lions offense bounced back significantly after that upset last week against the jets on the Giants side, Matt or the, <laughs> the Niners, the Niners side, Matt Breida had a huge game, 11 carries one thirty eight on the ground and a touchdown plus another three catches for 21 yards, 24.9 fantasy points for Matt Breida. Jimmy G bounced back nicely, just 206 yards and two touchdowns, but he didn't have any touchdowns. So I just had to make a mention that he's definitely feeling more comfortable. I think in the offense and more decisive, a little, little less of those first game jitters after that big contract. So Jimmy G should be looking a lot better moving forward and Robbie gold. 14 fantasy points, three field goals, three extra points. This is what I'm talking about. A kicker can make a big difference. The Detroit running game was abysmal. Once again, Riddick had nine carries for 47 yards. Or excuse me, he had nine catches for 47 yards on 12 targets through the air. So he's that PPR monster, but no carries at all for Riddick. Carry on Johnson and Blunt combined for 16 carries for 81 yards, six catches for 20 yards through the air. So not much to be said from the Lions running back. So if you're starting any of those guys, maybe it's Riddick in a PPR league, but I'm staying away from all of them right now. I still think carry on Johnson eventually pulls away with this on the San Francisco side, Alfred Morris, 
just 10 fantasy points, 14 carries, 48 yards, two catches, 38 yards. Morris was outtouched by Brita um, by only two touches, 16 to 14, but Brita got the goal line work again um, and looks like Brita is uh, making the big play splashes. So keep an eye on Morris because if he doesn't get that goal line touch, um, Matt Brita is passing him quickly. Garcon, kind of a slow day. For, he caught all of his catches or all of his att- um, attempts, but it was just for 57 yards. And Dante Pettis, I thought, was going to have a huge game with uh, Go- uh, Goodwin out, but he had one long bomb for 35 yards on a beautiful pass early, but nothing after that, which was disappointing. And Kittle came down to earth, disappointed a lot of fantasy owners with 4.2 fantasy points, just two catches, 22 yards on four targets. He was targeted for a touchdown. Um, but didn't come up with it, and Selleck ended up stealing a touchdown later in the game. So Kittle owners, don't be too nervous yet, but definitely keep an eye on this. I think this is an outlier. He should be a huge part of this offense. Heading into Los Angeles with the Rams dismantling Arizona. On the Arizona side for for the ballers, I have absolutely nothing. They were shut out. We'll move on to the Rams. The Rams just are clicking on all cylinders. Gurley. 32 fantasy points, three touchdowns on the ground, and two two-point conversions. He scored two two-point conversions because Zerline went out early with a strained groin, so uh, the Rams didn't um, get many kicks in this game, so he had another two, couple two-point conversions. Now, something to note about Gurley against that Arizona defense, he did only have 2.2 yards per carry, um, and he left uh, late in the game due to cramping, but he should be fine, but he did capitalize on his 42 yards with three Touchdown. So Gurley is a end zone beast. Cooks had a big day through the air, seven catches, 159 on seven targets. Goff had a nice bounce back, 354 and a touchdown through the air and a pick. Woods had six catches, 81 yards on nine targets, and Cup had six catches, 63 yards on six targets. So pretty efficient day for the Rams offense, and the Rams defense shut out the Arizona Cardinals, so we got to throw them a bone as well, as we predicted on our NFL picks for this last week. Arizona, in fact, did not score. Arizona Stallers, the entire team, they had 90 passing yards and 55 rushing yards, 145 Total yards. Horrendous. DJ, uh, David Johnson, and Fitz left with injuries. More to come on the News and Notes episode tomorrow. And the lone uh, staller for the Rams was Zerline with that strain groin. Um, they will have a substitute kicker coming in for the next few weeks, but Zerline should be back eventually. Heading into Denver. Denver hosts Oakland for a divisional uh, matchup Oakland bounced back a little bit, although Denver did get the win. Amari Cooper had a great game, 10 catches, 116, and on his 10 targets, so 100% on his target share there. Uh, crushed it, and this is a great game that owners like to see from Amari Cooper. And Lynch had a nice game, 18 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown. On the Denver side, Emmanuel Sanders continues to impress with four catches, 96 yards, and Phillip Lindsay is the truth, 14 carries, 107 on the ground. I will have more on him in the timeshare there on the news and notes episode for the Stallers episode car, just 288 and a touchdown cook came back to earth after his massive game last week with four catches on 49 yards and Jordy Nelson yet to find his stride in Oakland, two catches, 30 yards on the Denver side, case Keenum, 222 yards, no touchdowns and a pick 
And he did get have a rushing score there to inflate his state stats, but not a huge day through the air. And Royce Freeman, just eight carries, 28 yards, and a touchdown. Seeding touches to Lindsley, as I said. Um, and I'll get more, more on that in the uh, Wednesday episode, News and Notes. Demarius Thomas had five catches for 18 yards. Five catches for 18 yards on 11 targets. Need to do better than that. Heading into Jacksonville for a big game against the New England Patriots. This was a great game to watch, and honestly, Jacksonville took it to them. On the New England side, though, Hogan got two touchdowns on 42 yards through the air, and James White had a nice game through the air as well. Seven catches, 73 yards on eight targets. And Philip Dorsett continues to impress. Five catches, 44 yards on seven targets. And let's not forget, they are now bringing in Josh Gordon. On the Jacksonville side, Blake Bortles, who I think is just a legitimately good quarterback, fantasy and real football, 377 through the air, four touchdowns and a pick. He also added another 35 on the ground. And Keelan Cole had an excellent catch, uh, seven catches, 116 and a touchdown on eight targets. Keelan Cole is the number one receiver for sure. And D.D. Westbrook had a good game as well. Four catches, 83 yards, a touchdown on nine targets. ASJ also getting a touchdown at the tight end position Gronkowski had a dud this week in the Stallers category with 3.5 fantasy points just two catches 15 yards on four targets Jalen Ramsey and the rest of that Jacksonville defense bottled him up but Gronk will be just fine moving forward a little concerned about Burkhead I'll get to him and Sony Michelle as well but Burkhead had just 2.2 fantasy points and Goskowski the kicker had eight fantasy points. He missed a field goal and had only two extra points. And that New England defense had negative two fantasy points. On the Jacksonville side, Yeldon underimpressed. I thought he was going to do a lot better with Fournette out, but he had just 10 carries for 58 yards and uh, 13 yards through the air. And also Grant running the ball chopped in a little bit with four carries for 13 yards and six catches for 56 yards on seven targets. So keep an eye on that. Two more games to get here. Dallas hosts New York football giant Saquon Barkley is an absolute beast. 11 carries for 28 yards. Again, not much, but through the air like everybody else this week. 14 catches, 80 yards, 16 targets, 24.8 yards, 24.8 fantasy points. Excuse me. Evan Ingram had a lot in the garbage time, but the beautiful thing about fantasy points is we don't care about garbage time. It all counts. 19.7 fantasy points, seven catches, 67 yards of touchdown on seven targets. On the Dallas side, Zeke, 8, 17 carries, 78 yards and a touchdown, 5 catches, 9 yards on 6 targets. Tavon Austin had a nice long touchdown, but other than that, not much for the Dallas receiving core at all. The Stallers on the Giants side, Eli, 279 and a touchdown. Um, He had no time to scan the field. The Dallas defense was smothering and the Offensive line for the Giants is absolutely horrendous. Odell Beckham uh, fell victim to that, as did the Giants receivers. Four catches, 51 yards on nine targets for Odell, and three catches, 24 yards for Sterling Shepard. On the Dallas side, some stallers. Dak just um, 16 for 25, so not many attempts, 160 and a touchdown, but he did add 45 on the ground. The Dallas receivers, as I mentioned, totaled. Nine targets to the receivers. Nine targets to the receivers. Not going to get it done. Stay away from everybody on Dallas except for Zeke and everybody on New York except for Eli, 
or excuse me, Odell and Saquon and possibly Ingram if you're in a pinch. Last game of the week, uh, Chicago hosts Seattle. Chicago gets a nice victory at home here. Uh, Tyler Lockett was a lone bright spot, 17 fantasy points, five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets for Seattle. And Allen Robinson had a great game, 10 catches, 83 yards, um, and 14 targets. So he's definitely the focal point of that Chicago passing offense and the Chicago defense. My goodness, 19 fantasy points, a touchdown, a pick, a first, a fumble recovery, six sacks, and 17 points against Khalil Mack is a monster, and he's got the rest of that defense fired up. Some stallers on the Seattle side. Wilson, 14.7, just 226, two touchdowns and a pick, another 17 yards on the ground. Not so much his fault, but that offense is absolutely horrendous. Disley, who a lot of people picked up, he did get his touchdown, but he had just three catches otherwise, and it was in garbage time, so not much there from Disley moving forward potentially. Vanette did have a little bit more time to shine in this one. Seattle's running backs combined. For 16 carries, 54 yards for Carson and Penny. Not much there. Stay away from both of them. Although Penny did look decent, so he could be slotted in later on. Brandon Marshall had a decent game, but it was just 44 yards on four catches. Um, however, he did look good. So Brandon Marshall might be uh, plugging in a little bit with Doug Baldwin out. On the Bears side, Trubisky just 200 yards, two touchdowns, and two silly picks. Um, he's just he's young and he's a figure it out, but. Uh, you know, just 200 yards isn't going to get it done. Trey Burton, another sloppy game. He had just one. He had one touchdown on a three-yard little flip pass. But other than that, he had just four catches and 20 yards. Jordan Howard, 14 catches, 35 yards, another 33 through the air. I thought they would burn him out a little bit more at the end of the game, but they didn't. And Tariq Cohen, four four carries for eight yards, one catch for 17 yards. Not much there as well. So the Bears get the win at home against Seattle, Seattle 0-2. So that'll do it for the week two wrap-up. We got week three coming up. Stay tuned for week week two news and notes, which I'll be covering tomorrow as Daniel is out this week. I'll have more on the injuries, more on the running back committees. And uh, on Thursday, we'll be bringing in Curly once again to get in our NFL picks and review our fantasy football teams. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. It's always a pleasure, never a chore. Email us at thecandlestickkidsfantasypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at thecandlestickkids, hashtag TCKpod. And remember, if you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Don't screw up. For Daniel Stancato, I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. 
Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.